to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, joined by my frustrating <laughs> co-hosts. Professional professor. He is Wagstaff. <laughs> Very tickled Dennis Benny. Hot car. <laughs> Stole my, stole my shit. Uh, Halloween hijinks are underway. Yes, yes, we have started Halloween. It's late September. There's plastic teeth. There's candy. There's cake. It's Toddy's birthday. It's just chaos, folks. Welcome to the show. We've got a thrilling... <laughs> Is that my We've got a thrilling episode for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about a newer franchise known as Hell House. L L. C. Had y'all watched these before? I had never seen any of them. No, I, I'd actually made it a point to avoid them. <laughs> I went to the theater and saw other things. <laughs> Ooh, switcheroo. <laughs> Got him. I did, uh, I did watch the first one last Halloween because, weirdly, I think I told him because I was like, just assumed down footage, Robert's already watched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is funny because you were advocating I was wanting to, to watch the first one for a mash and you were the one that told me that it was a trilogy. I think I had saw that there was a part two, but I didn't know there was a part three. And so here we are. We watched all three. We could have just got away with watching the first one. But Todd, the completist, said there are three oh, indeed. Don't you go trying to blame someone else. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I had seen the first one and I... Really enjoyed the first one, and then I watched the sequels, and this is my first time revisiting the sequels, so we'll talk about that. So, Toddy, start us from the top, dates and details. You're not going to repeat the title before I say it? Nope, I'm trying not to. So, Hellhouse LLC, 2015, written and directed by Stephen Cognetti, and starring Gore, Abrams, Alice... Bahiki. They credited somebody for writing this, huh? Danny Bellini. <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm reading all these names because we don't know who they are. Just remember most of them because they're going to pop back up. <laughs> yeah, remember those names. So, Hell House LLC, I guess uh, it's on me for the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's a documentary. Heavy quotation fingers. Right. They're, they're on scene. Uh, they're making a documentary about this uh, incident that happened with this at- witch out in the woods. <laughs> oh, no way. That was the first time I liked it when it was called Blair Witch Project. Never mind. Go ahead. Hmm. Stretch. Okay. So, <laughs> making a documentary at the Abaddon Hotel in Abaddon, New York. And I think Abaddon was like one of the demons of hell or something like that, if I'm correct here. Uh, And so it starts off with talking about, uh, so this crew, 
the Hell House LLC crew. Professor, remind us what LLC stands for. Limited Liability Company. Limited Liability Company. One. CYA. Cover your ass. You yeah, because this LLC. group is out of, based out of New York, right? Yep. They usually do these in the city. Mm-hmm. And this is their first time doing their annual haunt at a, a different location outside of the city. Correct. So, um... They're here in Abaddon, New York, and they're making their haunted house. And so the documentary starts with the quote-unquote documentary. It's a mockumentary. Um, in that there was the first night they tried to open, things went horribly awry. There's weird videos circulating around about what happened that night. No one really knows what happened. And so that's what the documentary crew is trying to get to the bottom of. Thoughts from here? Um, well, I, you know, we're coming up on 200 episodes, so I think it's no secret that I'm big on context and kind of keeping things relative to what they are. So I'm not into found footage movies, but so we'll suspend that though. That's not productive for my input here. So with that said, I think that everything that makes this movie, like all of its strengths are gone in the sequels. So what I think is most interesting about this first movie is that they really aren't looking for shortcuts on narrative. So you basically have a fake documentary that is including found footage from two different narratives that then evolves into a third found footage as the documentary that they're making. Found footage on found footage on found footage. Right. And so, but it's not like you're getting through one phase and they're breaking to traditional filmmaking to where it would be frustrating. So it's not really distracting. It's just interesting the links they're going to with the narrative on that. But the other strength, I think, for this movie is uh, subtlety. They use a lot of restraint um, and... With, with found footage movies, it all hinges on if the performances are serviceable. And they are in this one. Um, pretty much the group that's there, it makes, it makes it work. And that's the biggest problem as you go into the sequels. I, you know, spoiler alert, on my opinion, the acting gets atrocious. Um, and it's, it's hard to suspend the disbelief for that stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I, the biggest surprise for me was that with this was the restraint that they used. Like, typically these movies would go for the in-your-face jump scare as many times as possible, whereas this one, and we'll get into some of those things, but you'll have just, you know, you you go to a shot and go back to it, and the head's turned three yeah. inches. They're not hitting you over the head with it. So I, wa- I was very surprised at some of the restraint that they used with the scares in this, and I think that's why it was so popular. This first one did really well. The sequels did not, yeah. but this first one... It made a pretty big splash. I just hadn't seen it. Yeah. Anybody else have anything to say at this point? I think <clears throat> the only thing I'll say is uh, Professor was talking about the restraint they used where, like, the heads turned one way, they cut away, they come back, the heads turn. That, to me, I wasn't impressed by that because a lot of with horror movies when I'm watching, being a person who is interested in special effects and things like that, that left me with none of the wonder of how did they do that? Well, I know how they did it. Somebody walked over and turned the head with the camera cut to the other side. So it didn't hold any of that for me the way it did for you. Well, I'm like a Shania Twain over here. Press, <laughs> press her much, but <laughs> it scared the bejesus out of me. Todd, uh, that 
Maybe one of your best jokes you've ever heard on the show. Go on. <laughs> He's got so much sugar pumping through his veins right now. I'm hard. <laughs> uh, the, 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 I guess the main dummy clown, whatever. Uh, I just feel like that's something that you're definitely beat over the head. I, I think Wilson kind of summed it up for me because I felt the same way. And it's funny because that's exactly the opposite of what I'd say about the sequels, but... Um, well, they're a perfect example because in the sequels, you see the head turn right in the frame. Yeah, like it's not. But, but I think it, I think it messes with you more because you know there's a few times where it's that that dummy's where it shouldn't be, but then also just where even where they're they're have them posed. Every time they even get near him at that point, I'm like, oh, don't even, don't don't go near. Um, I think the basement just any any time they even went to the basement was effective, um, and I think what shined for this movie was less is more. Yeah, because there were still a handful of times where they looked at the dummies and they didn't do anything. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like they didn't have you set up to expect it every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I echo what each of you have said, so I won't waste any more time on that. So the the crew runs in or, or hears from Sarah, who's from the Hell House LLC group, and she says she's got all the videos from their experience. And so they're going through these videos. She's been missing ever since the incident, which was a nice touch. Um, and so they were now introduced to this character who is known as Andrew Tolley. He doesn't play much of a role in this one, but he's going to really pop up in the sequels. And so Andrew Tolley had come to this town, started the hotel, and it was kind of like where his cult hung out. And it's really about the extent that we get in this first film. It doesn't really delve into that too much. But Andrew Tolley had hung himself in the dining room set up for the sequels to come. I really wonder if this film was made with the purpose of being a trilogy or if this was made, got good reception, and they decided to make a trilogy later. I think it was made just as a one-off. Yeah. And I, I think the smart decision with that is when you get into documentaries with this kind of spooky narrative and the unexplained, there's frequently just things like that that are just a brief part of the story that go nowhere. And I, I kind of like that they offer those things up without trying to weave it into some convoluted, ridiculous ending. Yeah. So I, I, it felt like it was just a movie that was a one-off and then it boomed. Cause I think if it was intended as a trilogy, the production would have panned out that way. But I think this was like three years later for the sequel. And then they cranked out another, not long after that. Yeah. Yeah, this suffered from kind of the same thing the Houses October Built did. Houses October Built came out, had a, a, a really fun first film. Again, not really original, but fun that, that went under everybody's radar. And then they came out with a sequel that was just womp, womp. Yeah. And um, it was like, oh, man, we had lightning in a bottle once. Let's try it again. Yeah. So the creepy clown, we've touched on a little bit. That creepy clown is very creepy. Uh, Vinny, not impressed, so that's okay. <laughs> Um, I also like the part where he is like they're they're testing the lights and things don't seem right. And he's like, wait, how many ghouls are supposed to be in this room? And there was one more than there should have been. And he's trying to get out of the room and the lights come up. Not to be found. Yeah, they, they had a lot of little gimmicks like that. Yeah. My favorite was with the girl That's a, I was gonna say sitting against the wall. That legit got in where, my where skin. She, she almost kind of looks... I was like, is it the girl? She almost kind of looks like one of the dummies, so... Yeah. yeah. It's just the way that 
they they're not feeding you musical cues like most movies do. So when the guy's setting up his you know confessional type videotape that he's documenting, he's got a human being sitting there. She's not half transparent. There's not a bunch of uh, build up or sounds to let you know or shrieking strings that you need to be scared by her presence. It's just like holy shit, there is somebody sitting against the wall there. And then the way that they do it with the, him pulling the blanket up and looking back and she's getting closer. This is scary. Yeah. I'll oh, give, yeah. I give it full props on that. That was a good sequence. And simple. Right. Like, you can still have scares with simple stuff, you yeah. know? And, yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with that lady? Help that lady. <laughs> that poor woman. <laughs> Somebody help that poor woman. Um, and we also get uh, mixed in with this, too. Sarah has started sleepwalking and doing weird things, uh, staring into space at different times. And so, like, it's taking their toll. And it's interesting because they're a group of friends. They've done this before. They're bitching about, oh, this isn't going to be like what we did at Staten Island. Or this isn't going to be like what we did there. I'm hoping not for a repeat of that. And so I feel like this cast had decent chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and even if you don't feel like it when you're watching it, then when you watch the sequel, you realize that their oh, chemistry boy. made it that, that, Oh, that's, that is what made the first one more entertaining <clears throat> than the sequels. Without yeah. question. Yeah. So, uh, documentary crew gets access to the other tape from that night. And so this is now, so basically for you listening at home, uh, what happens that night is you don't see a whole lot is that all of a sudden people are like running through the place and the, the people who are attending are like, is that supposed to be happening? Like what's going on here? And then all of a sudden they try to go to the basement and people come running up from the basement, freaking out. And then emergency crews show up. And, like, again, no one really knows what happened that night. Well, we get this other tape where now you go in the basement and you find out that these dudes in black robes are just coming out of the wall. And you're like, what is that? And, um, yeah, because someone said, that's like dudes coming out of the wall, I think was the direct quote. And... They fleshed that out in the sequels, whereas it may have just been better left alone. In 100%. This. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, then a dude kills Sarah, and then he kills himself. And, yeah. Any other thoughts as we wrap it up here? Um, just that the weakest part of this first entry is the ending. And I think that was the general consensus with critics, who, by the way, very positive on this one. Yes. I, I expected this to get torn apart by, by some of the snarkier outlets, especially it's got, it had a pretty high rating, even on Rotten Tomatoes. So, I mean, it held its own, but I think most people just felt like it did not stick the landing for the way that it wove through the movie. Yeah. It just kind of bleh, at right. the end, it's like, you're kind of building upon this mystery of what happened that night. And it's, I think the ending is a little, little clunky. Yeah. So you find them, the, the cast basically dying throughout the house um, but the real treat, the real twist is that, um, Sarah, who has reappeared to give them the video or the videos, uh, is like, Oh, uh, they interview her and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm cool. You don't need to get me a room. I'm staying in room two C and they're going to leave before they go to hell house. And they're like, Hey, uh, can you let such and such in room 2C know that we'll be back. And the hotel people are like, where the cast is staying, or the documentary crew, they're like, we don't have a room 2C. 
They go to Hell House. They go to Room 2C. Oh my God, there's a Room 2C in Hell House. Who's there? Sarah. Or Ghost Sarah, if you will. And that's kind of the abrupt ending there. I actually see the footage of her. And... Yeah, it's the ending's a mess. But I, I think the reason people talked about this movie and enjoyed it were for the scares along the way. Yeah, right. I just think it's it's a traditional, playful, spooky, spooky. Yeah. yeah. Venice, one you've been silent this whole time. Can uh, you tell us? Snarky outlet here. That's me. <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan of found footage. We all know that. So I'm already not going into this expecting to be happy. That So there's the disclaimer right there. I just found it derivative. I don't feel that it brought anything new to the genre. I don't... I, it just felt very ver- derivative. I thought it was boring. Uh, I, ju- I, do- I just don't get scares from found footage movies. I just... I don't know. I'm wired a different way than other people as far as that goes. It's all personal preference. I don't think that it is... I've we've watched bad movies. We'll be talking about one in particular on another episode coming up tonight. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but and people like different things. If you like this movie, that's fine. It's just not my cup of tea. And it's this was this wasn't going to land with me anyway. So you're saying you just went into it, Matt. I wasn't happy. That's for sure. <laughs> Hot toddy, any any final thoughts? I'm crashing. <laughs> it's nap time. Um, I think it served its purpose. I I'm if a movie's good, it's good. Found footage gets on my nerves, as I, I think Robert knows. I'm thinking that's why I pick so many of them. Um. <laughs> I, I think for this one, there's a few movies where found footage works, and this one I think worked for it. Because especially where uh, you're watching a movie, I mean, it sounds stupid, but uh, I guess it's I get into some of them. But when I'm watching a found footage, it drives me nuts. Where I want to see, I, I want them to turn the camera so I can see what's over there. Where if it was a movie, I'd just be like, "What's well, a movie? They can't hear me." But it's a found footage; they should be turning the camera where there's a weird zombie. Or ghost, or I feel like I'm watching one of those ghost shows on TV where they never catch anything on film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought uh, I thought this one served its purpose well. The, the ending was kind of a little odd for what we had watched an hour and a half of, but like it worked for me, and I I enjoyed the first movie, and that's all I had watched up until you forced this on us. <laughs> you like it? <laughs> yeah, it's it was weird. What I didn't expect from this first one is that I actually was thinking about some of the scares days later. And that's usually the mark. Even if a movie's not good, if, if a scene's executed, you hold on to it a little bit. And that caught me off guard because, like I said, I mean, I, I don't really complain much about what we decide to watch, but I wasn't looking forward to these. I was just like, well, let's check them off the list. I mean, for God's sake, I was watching Children of the Corn sequels on my own, <laughs> like without even from the podcast. Not so even it's like, no judgment. It's just, okay, let's do it. But this one actually surprised me. So this is coming from somebody who's just exhausted with the subgenre. I think this is one of the better offerings for found footage. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. The sequels, I'm ready to tear apart. <laughs> uh, if you talk about the effectiveness of this, like, um, Carrie and I watched one and two in a night and then 
part three the next night. And that night that we watched one and two, like I had to like run upstairs to get stuff. And I'm like, mm, better turn every light on just to be safe. I'd looking at that ultimate you, warrior doll, did Yeah, you? I don't like shadows and shapes. You know it's scary when this cheap ass is turning every light on the house on. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta waste the electricity. But I, well, that's the thing. We've got um, night lights throughout the house, you know, just for at night for safety, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. Suffer now is able to chase her. And, uh, and, uh, it's like, that's even worse because it casts more shadows, right? So, like, when I'm creeped out, like, I'm up there and I'm like, nope, 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 flip these lights on, flip, 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 turn these on, you know, because I'm just like, they're going to be a clown. And if, I mean, come on, upstairs, I got the horror room and stuff like that. I don't need to walk by and see my, like, skeleton in there turning its head or my pet monster standing in a different spot where he should be. Yeah, we've we've all still got those Wait, pockets. Wait, did that happen? Dead honest. Any, <laughs> this is where we hear it unfold live on the just, podcast. Todd start, starts screaming and flies into the fridge. <laughs> you just hear me start crying. Well, I'm already scared because his light bulb went up ten dollars. So. <laughs> no, dead honest. It seems like any time that I move the my pet monster uh, figure or uh, stuffed animals, you hear in it one go. Room. Oh, I'm gonna get you some. <laughs> Um, I throw them on the bed because they're like in these chairs and sometimes I use those chairs for like Zoom meetings upstairs and I'll throw them on the bed but what's weird is I'll did like you, walk into the did room Did you say your OnlyFans? Yes, <laughs> yes Me and the, my pet monsters on OnlyFans um, But I'll come back into the room and it's like they're sitting on the bed looking at the door and I'm like did did I throw those there that way? Did they land that way? Like, I'm convinced my wife is playing a prank on me, but I'm not sure. So, yes, the My Pet Monsters are moving their heads. All right. Like the is clown. there a backslash address for OnlyFans? <laughs> backslash. Grizzly. <laughs> Check mine out. All I do is cry and review soups. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. So, uh, for those of you listening, I would recommend Hell House LLC, the first movie. Yeah, if you don't mind found footage, um, check it out. It's one of the better offerings for that subgenre. If found footage is your gimmick, hit it up. If it's not, leave it alone. <laughs> now, <laughs> <Todd's eating laughs> that. All right, so moving right along to the uh, uh, masterpiece of the sequel. <laughs> Hell House LLC. Oh, oh, oh nope. Oh. Moving on to the sequel that Todd will tell us what it's called. <laughs> so I do want to point out, though, that... Um, I thought it was called The Abandoned Hotel. And just a thought real quick, after you say the title, if you guys all want to pause for three seconds, I'll just copy and paste our review for the first one, and then we can alter a little bit for two and three. <laughs> uh, so, Hell House, LLC 2, The Electric Movie. The uh, Abaddon Hotel, 2018. Um, same writer-director. And then starting... Vassel Fluther, Jillian Gersitz, Joy Shots. This is the bougie version of the cast, so we'll just stop there. <laughs> um, and then uh, through kind of flashbacks, we get a, a lot of the returning cast of the first one. Um, just a cheaper version. I feel like uh, it begins kind of with... Uh, Kind of what reminds me of like the Warrens, and I can't think of the guy that always challenged the Warrens, mm. where he always was trying to debunk what they were doing. But that's kind of what it reminded me of the opening. Mm -hmm. But 
Okay. Not as good as Sally Jesse, but. <laughs> so, I think this is the point in the podcast where y'all are going to get a little upset with me. Um, or vice versa. <laughs> so, this is my second time watching two and three. I will and I'll never be able to say that. <laughs> Sorry, we're just getting going. Um, now, I, I can honestly say that there will not be a third time that I watch two and three. But I was kinder to two and three with the second viewing, so this is why I encourage all of you to watch them a second time. I was kinder with the second viewing. Um, I don't think two, this is just setting them both up, I don't think two is awful, but three... Really goes out in left field for me to an extent. That's yeah. me. So if we're splitting hairs, I would say that two is awful and three <laughs> is unbelievably awful. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> fair. I, 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 I appreciate that you would differentiate. But I was warm on the first one, so I don't feel bad. <clears throat> I thought I had uh, started the wrong movie. I thought I was watching the Paul Lind Halloween special. How <laughs> <laughs> fancy. <laughs> I wondered if I wasn't atoning for my sins by having to sit through these things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dracula. I, I wasn't, uh, yeah, you know, time-tested masterpieces. <laughs> Give me that sad opera. You sad goth opera lovers. <laughs> I, whereas I wasn't happy about the first one, I was mad by the second. Yeah, good. I was actually excited for the second one when it started because I was like, the first one was actually a little better than I expected. Let's, let's see where we go. Same director. And then the... Uh, Male actor in the beginning, the acting was so atrocious that you immediately knew this was not going to be anywhere close to what you saw in the first one. Yeah, the acting is so bad. bad. So bad. Okay, so let's uh, just jump into the quick overview. Grizz. Quick overview. Uh, now, the documentary being made about what happened to the people that were trying to figure out what happened. They're making to the a documentary about what happened in the other documentary. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And... Pay attention, folks. That'll be a theme. Roll it into the third film. <laughs> Dave Matthews cover, cover, cover. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> His dad totally owns a dealership. <laughs> um, so we start out by finding out that, that people now are breaking into the Abaddon Hotel. Just uh, thrill seekers, YouTubers, etc. And they're going missing. Ooh, imagine that. It does treat the first one as a documentary, so I like that it is a kind of a seamless sequel here. Um, no book of shadows here. No book of shadows. Heyo. Um, and so now they are trying to. Uh, it's a news program, so we get part of it being told again, as Vinny laid out earlier. It's or no, Professor may have. It's found footage with found footage talking about found footage, looking at found footage. So it's like multi-layered. And so now there's a news program that's talking about the original happenings. And so there's um, the guy who was there with the original documentary crew. And then there's a guy from the city who's a very off-putting looking man. <laughs> Just a very unsettling <laughs> looking man who talks about how this is all made up. And he has sued this guy from the documentary crew for defamation. Oh, four man's Doug Jones? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and so they're on uh, Morning morning Mysteries? That's the name of the, the yeah. new show. Yeah, they're on Morning Mysteries. And so then these other people who were part of Morning Mysteries who were like known for taking the more like uh, risque stories decide that they're going to go and go back to the Abaddon and get the full story. 
I'm tracking pretty good so far. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm <blocked> out. So, <laughs> um, one thing that I really want to point out to all of you, and I hope that you uh, this sticks with you for the rest of your days, <laughs> the piano tune that keeps coming in. Da na na na. Da, na, na, na. From the window <laughs> to the wall. Nope, nope. It's LMFAO. See, I thought it was Shimmy Shimmy Yaw. Slowed down. And to keep track, this is where we talk. We're a podcast talking about a documentary. We filmed a documentary. Filmed a documentary. Who then watched Vinny kill himself? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be El Hasso LC Park Four, ladies and gentlemen. With the Blair Witch, they had that one movie that really made a splash. It was really low budget, and then that second movie that they put out was like they put a huge budget behind it. And I'm glad they didn't let that happen to this series, where they used money for better production or hiring good actors. <laughs> so that was really a relief for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually interested, and this in uh, an elaborate roast, it, this director's done a bunch of other things, because what these sequels feel like, traditionally, are I need to make money mm. to do something else that I want to do. That's what they feel like. Yeah. Because if you, it's like, sometimes people don't think about it, this one's a little bit more direct because they're sequels, but like you lay the original Mummy next to the original Dracula, they're the same movie with mm -hmm. some variations. That's what's going on here. We put a few different devices in. And basically tell the same story. Yeah. That, I mean, even some of the gags and the reveals are the same thing. Like, yeah. It's unbelievable that they go back to the well on surprises. Like with somebody that you've been around this whole time. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like of all of the things that you can, you can pull the rug out on, that... <laughs> That kind I just, of thing. I just picture you getting halfway through it, enjoying your dinner, and going, really? That's what this is? <laughs> well, I'll save my biggest complaints on comparisons for when we're officially finished wrapping up on this. I'll let you get through the, the rest of your narrative there. Yeah, not a whole lot. So we revisit Andrew Tully, and we find out that he built a hotel, much like H.H. Holmes built his murder hotel in Chicago. That's his whole gimmick there. That's fresh. Uh, yeah, no one's ever done that one. Um, it's fresh as a tuna sandwich out in the sun. Go for it. <laughs> uh, but I will tell you this. Who else thought that the hitchhiking ghost girl was genuinely creepy? I mean, I mean, everybody's stuck in the house dead, but, you know, hey, she's out there. They're like, oh, we gave Barbara a ride. And they're like, Barbara? She's been dead for 30 years. <laughs> I like it when she looked at the guy and she said, the whole world calls me honey. <laughs> Vinny, who has been relatively motionless through this episode, <laughs> just blew my mind. Oh, Mr. Kitty, make <laughs> Oh, man. Boy, that's got to be one of the few David Allen Co. references on this show. <laughs> so I thought that was a fun scare. Forget you guys. <laughs> um, you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> Uh, so now we go to do uh, a night in the hotel with the investigative journalists. Uh, we also have the medium who shows up, who is also on the morning more mystery like, show. More like, well done. <laughs> <laughs> did you think he was cute, Todd? No. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> and he's Weird, he, I did. <laughs> he's using a planchette and pretending he's got a Ouija board on a table there. 
I'm making the jerk off motion. Come <laughs> <laughs> uh, down, Blanche. <laughs> oh, I know. Thank you. And then the uh, the medium goes missing. Uh, the ghosts are on walkie-talkie. <laughs> <laughs> Help me out here. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, they're, they're locked in, which would be a uh, theme that carries over, too. They just can't get out any of these darn doors. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to really dig into this because it's it's just what little was invented from the first they're doing over again, and then everything else. I mean, it's just because then we get Doug Jones showing cliches. Up. That's pre- precise because where I felt the other one was derivative, this one is derivative and derivative of its own material from yeah. the first one. Double D. First time I haven't liked that. So we're we're nearing the end. I want to point out the biggest differences with this sequel and the one after, but especially with this one. So in the first movie, you would have something in the background be unsettling, mm-hmm. and they would have the restraint to remain subtle with it, which is what made it creepy. That's why so many older ghost movies are scarier than newer ones. Because they they leave things alone and leave it to your imagination. Now, that's largely in part due to them, I'm sure, having no money. But it works. I mean, instead of them taking a camera and shaking it around and and trying to sell something coming at the camera, they got something in the background. In this one, they're making sure that the head turns towards you, that you see it. They could have done that in the first one. It's just a human being. There's no special effects or big money behind that. But that's the difference in the filmmaking. We are now going straight to the core for the cheapness of it. And so then you'll have moments where it's like, okay, they actually struck some suspense. This is a good moment. And they'll cut and go to the talk show. What in the fuck? Like, (laughs) they'll have the best moments of the movie. They'll cut short to go back to this talk show, which, by the way, no one's buying. It doesn't even feel remotely like a talk show. It it doesn't. And you know how cheap that had to be? Because it's all green screen. Yeah. Right. It's just like the acting is so bad that you're not buying any of these different segments. And so then when you see the flashbacks in this and the later one of original cast members, you miss them because you realize like they didn't seem that that great. And then you realize they sold it. Their basic performances that were serviceable in the first one. That's the glaring difference. And the decisions in the scares in the sequels are just infinitely cheaper mm-hmm. than the first one. I think the, that's what caused the stir and why critics were pretty forgiving and and warm to that first one because they didn't do this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like in the sequel, they immediately forgot what got them there. Yeah. And that's, that was my biggest frustration with this. But cutting to that talk show drove me insane. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> The uh, Andrew Tusselman character that we're about to talk a lot about, who's on the talk show. But uh, who here got scared when that clown slammed the door? Huh? <laughs> Again, slamming doors, things in your face. Not it's subtle. Just, it's the opposite. I like yeah. the ghosts that don't slam doors. <laughs> One interesting thing that connects us to the first bit, well, I mean, all of it connects, but like that connects us to the first one that carries us into the next one is that we see Alex from the first film, the guy who bought the building, making a secret deal with somebody. Yeah? Okay. So then, we move in, and we find out that Arnold Tusselman, who was the city council guy who was on the TV show, never showed up. 
That wasn't really Arnold Tusselman. Who was it? It was Andrew Tully. I was going to say Andre Tully, but I think that's a whole other series. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man's Doug Jones. This Poor man's years. Doug Jones. <laughs> Doug Jones, but without without the Hollywood looks. <laughs> Doug Jones, but instead of Ball State, he graduated from Richmond. Wait, so you mean to tell me somebody that's been a part of informing the audience hasn't been who they said they've been all along? What? How did the ghost get that's on that idea. talk show? <laughs> the I've never go? seen that on Ricky Lake. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So Andrew Tolley is now Roman Free because what he did when he killed himself and then when they came and made Hell House there, the gates of hell are opening. Is this where they got the phrase, don't eat the cookie because of Toll House? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't know if I'm going to recover from that one. <laughs> I like that. Really it's giving you a migraine headache and your nose is bleeding. <laughs> took a toll. I fucking quit. <laughs> I hate you so much. Ghosts don't go on talk shows. Ask Jerry Springer. Oh, that joke was scary. Cut to the talk show. Hey, uh, so Andrew Tully, he's back. They've opened the gates of hell, and now they're vying for the souls of this next crew. And so they've been interviewing the girl who was one of the investigative journalists, and all of a sudden she gets a scary ghost face, and we're done. Sound familiar? Pearson. <laughs> she just took her makeup off. Oh, would you fuck you? Well, I tell y'all what, if you thought that movie was dog shit, we got a surprise for you. <laughs> From the makers of Left Behind and God's Not Dead. What? Hell House LLC, Part 3, The Lake of Fire. Starring Kurt Camp. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out this whole thing was just a church recruiting tool all along. Can we change your name this episode to David Allen? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, so oh boy, Hell House three again. The first time I watched this one. Really did not like it. She is. Really? That is how I felt when I watched the whole movie. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> uh, second time around, more forgiving. And I think that's because I watched them all. <laughs> I, I defend yourself, sir. I, I, no. think, I think it's a little more coherent if you watch all three of them in a row. Oh, I did. And you loved it. Meat grinder. I had it's all I could do. I sat down with a bottle of bourbon. And just trucked through it. <laughs> it did not numb the pain. Yeah, three is. Whew. So go ahead. If, 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 if it wasn't bad enough, that half the haunted house is like now heaven. And with all the white sheets and stuff, I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> like it wasn't like a setup at all. Should have called it the Abandoned Hotel. So you want to say who was really in it, or did you even write it down? Oh, um, <laughs> I have Gravy, Gabriel Shinchai. Is that your gravy in there? Sam Kazazi, <laughs> Brian Allen Greer. <laughs> Wait, he, put, Allen dude, Greer? he put some pizzazz on that middle name. He said Kazazi. It's accents that don't even exist. We'll try that again. Gabriel Shinchai. 
Sam Cassidy, Brian David Tracy, <laughs> Elizabeth. I can't even say that last name, so we're gonna. Well, let's it. try. But <laughs> and then the good cast shows up at some point. But I don't know. I'm just confused. I'm waiting for part four. Where don't they, say that out loud. They <laughs> open the door and then they're built into existence. Part four. Part four. They open. Oh, the door. we said it three times. And. Uh, <laughs> They open the door and they find uh, big sandworms and they can't leave that. <laughs> I wish half of these things that were entertaining actually happened in this movie. Oh, man. So, um... Finger bang in heaven. They were just about to demolish <laughs> the Abaddon Hotel. I feel like the kids that were forced to go to this kid's Halloween party that don't know what to do right now. <laughs> they were just this is what the Abner family Halloween party's gonna be is, are, is this one of the haunted houses where they're like I sucked a dick and I'm dying of AIDS <laughs> what? aborted baby I have never been to one of the haunted houses <laughs> what's funny is I've got a documentary about those you know what the documentary is called Hell House LLC Hell House <laughs> without the LLC oh man I was just, I'm just glad you didn't bring up like, you've a got a documentary <laughs> you've got to watch that doc so um What's happening? They were just about to demolish the Abaddon Hotel, but all of a sudden... I'm cheap, and now I got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For everyone, some resets for, 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 for everyone else who... For, for everyone who's as confused as our two co-hosts here, uh, there, there is a thing down in the Bible Belt. I mean, we're, we're kind of Bible Belt here, but there's a thing in the deep Bible Belt where, for Halloween, churches will open haunted houses... And each scene in the haunted house is about how your sins mm. get you killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so that's what Hot Toddy is referencing here. Go to that country concert. You're immune. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Abaddon Hotel, <laughs> scheduled for destruction, <laughs> has now been purchased by a mysterious party. Who is that party? Oh, it's an interactive theater called Insomnia. So, are Professor, they LLC? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Professor, you, uh, you've seen a little bit of the world. You've traveled a little bit. Unlike these two rubes. Um, <laughs> the, uh, what, what was that famous interactive one that was in New York? Was it called Blackout? I think so. Like, I think Darren Lynn Bowsman had something to do with yeah. it. Drink that drink and it ruffled you. Wake up, Rape. That's uh, just 42nd Street. So interactive... You think of the movie kids. <laughs> interactive theater is a thing, that, or it was. I think it's probably already passed as a fad. But like they were doing pop-ups in like New York and L.A. where it was like interactive theater. You come in, and you're like a passive observer walking through the story. That's is that the one they, where you I do... think it's more translated over now to these insane escape rooms. Yes. Like where yes. they berate and so, abuse you. Is, wait, is this, the, is this the one where you go and you can do anything you want to Shia LaBeouf? Kind of, yes. Okay. That was called holes. <laughs> uh, so that's what they're trying to do here. Insomnia is putting on a production of Faust. And uh, there's this uh, director, Russell. And Russell was in a... He almost died in a car crash. So he's got this so he's got scar. that really bad scar on his face. <laughs> it doesn't look real. Yes, that one. Uh-huh. Oh, it wasn't real. Uh, no, imagine that. <laughs> So, from the very beginning, they go talk to this uh, 
Father Paulus, right? And Father Paulus is a priest. He talks about how there's this idea of like a portal to hell being opened. And not anyone, no human could close it. It would even take an angel from heaven. Is this where John Travolta goes? Otherwise, yes. you will be there for eternity with part threes. <laughs> <laughs> but while they're in the church talking to Father Paulus, what do you hear in the background? I like how slowly this is evolving into just one of those Congo lines. <laughs> so we Did will you finish just the say episode. Congo? Doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about apes and lasers. Um, so, <laughs> so I think I know what you guys already feel about this. Um, you are starting to delve into subject matter that a movie that has found footage has no business getting this deep into this kind of shit. That's a great point. And I think that's what really, when I defend found footage movies, it's that they were movies that found footage is not something that you did because you didn't have enough money. Found footage was the tool, right? So found footage movies work when your movie is meant to be a found footage movie. What this has now turned into is something that should have been a movie, right? That they didn't have the budget for, or they wanted to cut corners. I was going to say, but at this point, don't you think they kind of could have gotten the budget? Not if anyone saw part two. Yeah. Well, that's fair. <laughs> Truth. That's fair, too. So that's what I'm saying, is that, like, this, though I don't hate this movie like you guys do, this is where the gimmick of found footage wears thin because they're trying to tell a story that didn't need to be told as a found footage who was, story. Who was clamoring for part three after watching part two? I, Todd? <laughs> no, but I kind of feel like they made two and three together because two and three is shutter exclusive. They're like, uh, hey, we're going to do a part three, but we're going to involve actors. So... We're going to have actors playing actors, so let's find people that are even worse than the ones in part two to play actors. So this is a documentary about a documentary that was about a documentary that was filming a documentary. Yes, before it turned into a, a found footage, it was a documentary tracing two different paths of found footage. And <laughs> fuck my ass. <laughs> we, I think we introduced 18 different hosts for found footage in this film. Yes. So they come in, and so this documentary crew is interested in who in the world would come to the Abaddon and do this. And then they also go on and give the cast cameras, the cast of the, the theater troupe. They give them cameras to film while they're there just to see if they catch anything weird or ooky spooky on camera. This is starting to feel like Halloween Resurrection to me. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you're not entirely wrong. So... That one was good. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so one of my favorites, is, one of the uh, scares that I like is that their cast is out drinking at a bonfire, and then they're daring one of the cast members to of the theater troupe to go in and go to the basement by herself. And give a handy to the clown. <laughs> she was like, you know what? I'll go in there. I'll go to that dumb basement. But if there's a clown, I ain't making out with it. And what'd she do? She kisses she the clown. Down on it. And then what happens when she looks back? It's hard. Well, the clown's moved. Yeah, he awoke for the Chinese finger cuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hoo, <laughs> doggies. Uh, guys, help me out here. We're in part three. I need to... And um, when you watch her kiss the clown, you know where you're at. And then Jabba's come out of the wall. 
And then... <laughs> did, you say, did you say Jabba's? And then they break dance. <laughs> did you mean to say Jabba's? No, it's Jabba's. <laughs> Jabba's the Hutts. Okay. All right, so... Um, I feel like this is a Patty Hearst exercise where if we talk about this long enough, I'm going to like part three. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> yeah, let me sell you here. So now we start seeing ghosts of the original Hell House crew. They are making themselves manifest. And we're like, what? How did those dudes get there? And guess what? Now, not only are we seeing Hell House LLC ghosts, we are seeing morning mysteries ghosts in the house. Am I right? I I think my favorite part about this movie is this discussion right now because I wish listeners, dear listeners, you could watch Grizz because he looks like the kid that's doing the presentation that knows no one <laughs> is buying it, but he's still being enthusiastic about it. I respect that. I'm trying to push through, give our listeners something to keep them tuned in. And then Russell, the director of the play, we find out is giving away all his money. Weird, huh? Yeah, good call, Scarface. <laughs> but then they go back. The documentary people are looking at old footage from old stuff. And all of a sudden, Russell is popping up in the background of footage from the first movie and the second movie. Mm-hmm. Mind alone. Yeah. Out my ass. <laughs> and they're begging him, don't open it for this night. Don't do it. And he's like, we got to do it. You know what? They did it. They did it. And Andrew Tolley arrives. Thank yeah. God. With cookies. And Andrew Tolley. So this is just so ridiculous. Just, just surrounded by misery and danger. And they're like, let's get this fucking play going. We're still doing it. I think my, doing I think my main note for two and three was less is more. And then I think it's the third one because I, I thought the ghosts had weird movement. So that weirded me out even more because they just... It's almost like the, the, the comic you watch where he's jab, jab walking. <laughs> but then I was like, is this ghost or whatever the hell this demon is? Is he stabbing or jerking this guy off? And I think <laughs> so, that was where my notes trail. So Andrew Tolley arrives on the scene, who's uh, great value Doug Jones from part two. <laughs> and he kills the character playing Faust, who's probably the worst actor in the film. Oh, yeah. Which playing. is... And that's an award. Wait, oh wait, would it be Faust or would the guy playing the Mephistus Cleopatra, the devil character? They're both pretty bad. It's uh, all awful. Every bit of it. Every minute. It's like that he did a remix. I thought I told you that we won't stop. <laughs> DJ Callen. And so Andrew Tully kills Faust. And then all of a sudden the portal opens, the portal to hell, and all the homies in the black robes that Todd called Jabba's instead of Jabba's came out. Star Wars shaman. <laughs> and they, Shh, you don't have Star Wars money. And they start killing and eating all of the they cast. start eating butt. <laughs> that too. And I'd rather watch that movie. All the customers, they're just killing and eating all of them. How'd you guys feel about that? it get you hyped? Yes. Uh... I'm more curious what Vinny had adjusted self-medication-wise by the end of this movie. <laughs> oh, I was I was heavy on the liquor by the end of this. Yeah. And I have a magic flute nearby as well. <laughs> so, here we come to 
the real what moment for everyone, whether you enjoyed the film or not. And you didn't. <laughs> when Russell shows up to fight Andrew Tully, and Andrew Tully goes, Who are you? <laughs> and then the camera cuts. Fucking trash. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, how about some of the worst, most dog shit CGI fire you've ever seen in your life? That wasn't real? I thought it was construction paper. I'm not, it looked like it looked, just wiggling construction it, it looked worse than the fire on the cover of old Cash Money out <laughs> CD covers. Just bad, man. <clears throat> I'm interested now if there's a part four with a bunch of buddy eating. Hey, part four could be coming. Hell House LLC eating ass. So, uh, <laughs> the hotel burns down. May as well be eating ass because three was shit in the bed. So. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we come to... <laughs> We're still on it. Okay. There's more to go. You know what's funny is he can start making stuff up, and I wouldn't <laughs> The whole ending of this was just a fucking mess. <laughs> then, I'll bet y'all didn't know... But Zach Efron was in the background. Tiny Tim's playing a ukulele. <laughs> so, uh, all of a sudden we come to, and the audience and the cast members are all alive in that mysterious field. It's like, wait, we thought we all died. You know what happened? Russell saved him. Russell, when he almost died, in the, it's, it's Timmy, the pizza delivery guy from the beginning of the movie. No, Russell, when he di- almost died in the car crash, he actually did die, came back to life. What happened What happened was he went to heavens and got powers from God. And when he came back, you do. when he came back, he had the power, as the priest talked about earlier, to close the portal to hell, the lake of fire. And he came back to save everybody. That's what he did. And so now he did in the hell house forever, even though it burnt down. Lots of lots of plot holes here uh, with the original Hell House LLC crew locked in there for eternity, but yet not in hell. He did that for them. Him like Jesus. You know what Ooh. they don't have to do in purgatory? Watch these films. Watch these films. <laughs> <laughs> Whew. Boy, that third one is... Uh, it's it's a lot to take in. <laughs> Nobody's buying your kindness on the yeah, second it's watch. A, it's a peanutty log. And you can catch the third one on Pure Flix, <laughs> the faith-based channel. Or GodTube, the Christian version of YouTube. <laughs> Man. It's almost like... The, no, it's... <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the twist ending to The Omen 3. Guess what? He did kill... Baby Jesus, because baby Jesus didn't come back as baby Jesus. Take that, Sam Neill. Omen 3, bitch. (laughs) Take that, Damien. Oh, this movie's so bad. Guys, I'm not going to fight you on the quality of the film. not going to do it. I'm just going to say. I I should hope not. (laughs) I'm just going to say that uh, there, there were just at least a couple of moments that I found joy in this film. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I can't tell anyone to watch it. When it said who it was directed by, (laughs) that was mine. (laughs) Okay. Final thoughts? Just watch the first film. Don't even do that. (laughs) I I would recommend the first if you're interested. Like, if you're over the found footage, it may not be enough to to make it worth your while. But 
I'm I'm a, I'm over the film footage, and even I found some scenes in it to be unsettling. And so you found footage that you enjoyed. Don't make me being nice on this any harder than it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> Second, third. I'm, I'm going to say this. No more sequels. Oh, the first time Hot Toddy has ever said it. It's a Zanahain miracle. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. <laughs> Dark Lord bless us. <laughs> I just killed a goat. <laughs> Let's drink its blood. All right. For the Midwest Monsters Podcast, this has been Hellhouse LLC. One of your hosts here, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff. Venom is Vinny. Hot party. Stay scary. And watch out for Andrew Tully. Andrew Tully.